0: We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. This episode of Weekly Tech is sponsored by The Good Book Company and their new book, Beautifully Distinct, Conversations with Friends on Faith, Life, and Culture, edited by my colleague Trillia Newbell. This book brings together 15 women to discuss wide ranging topics on culture. You can learn more at thegoodbook.com. Hello, and welcome to Weekly Tech, a technology and ethics podcast focused on navigating this digital age with wisdom. Each Monday, we dive into the most pressing and talked about technology stories in order to keep you up to date and prepared for your week ahead. Weekly Tech is brought to you by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and I'm your host, Jason Thacker. Alongside this podcast, we also have an email newsletter version of Weekly Tech that you can subscribe to to receive each Monday morning via email at jasonthacker.com weekly tech. In this briefing, you can grab the links of the stories we talk about, as well as grabbing the links in the show notes where you subscribe to this podcast. This week's big story is all about facial recognition. Most of us have been using facial recognition technology for some time now, from Face ID on our iPhones to the increasingly popular Clear technology that's being employed in airports and large gathering venues across the nation, where your face is your password or maybe even your ticket in. Even some popular restaurants like KFC in China have begun allowing you to pay for your meal with your face. But should this technology be used in security applications and policing? That's one of the major questions that's been debated for a long time in light of this technology. What are the limitations and what are the benefits? But now these discussions have been thrust to the forefront of our public debate amidst the continued revelation of radical racial injustices and the bias present in these technologies. This week we highlight a piece that I wrote about some of these tensions and how we need to be slow to adopt these technologies until we can better account for these biases in the tech and decide as a public how we want to use these tools in policing. Earlier this year, we highlighted a story from the New York Times here on Weekly Tech that raised public awareness about a little-known facial recognition startup called Clearview AI. This company, headed by CEO Juan Tontat, sells controversial facial recognition technology to over 600 law enforcement agencies and police units across the nation. Tontat highlighted that some of the major benefits of this technology are allowing police to identify criminals quickly and efficiently, even from a single photo uploaded to the service. Used with wisdom and abundant transparency, this type of technology can revolutionize policing and security for our communities by keeping people safe and protecting the vulnerable among us. Facial recognition systems are built on various pieces of image data that are fed into an AI system that can help identify potential leads and photo matches with varying levels of accuracy. But if there are any issues with the quality of data, the number of inputs, or even how the system is used as it continues to learn and grow in its accuracy, then the system may return false positives or return without any results. Just this last week, two of the major players in the facial recognition technology space, IBM and Amazon, both announced that they were going to either stop all work on facial recognition technology or put a year-long moratorium on facial recognition tools for police because of the very concerns of bias and racial profiling that can occur when these technologies are overly relied upon or used indiscriminately by police and government officials. These two companies join many states and municipalities that have either banned facial recognition use by police or heavily regulated the technology throughout our nation, such as California, Oregon, New Hampshire, and Illinois. There are many calls at the federal level also to have some type of regulation on this powerful technology. Given the breakdown in trust in our communities and the known issues of racial bias with facial recognition technologies, it is the wise and loving thing for us to do to slow down the implementation of these powerful tools so that we might have time to engage in robust debate over how and when these tools are used, as well as to take time to adequately test these tools before they're deployed en masse. This time can allow us to take into account the known issues of racial bias and profiling, which may be present in these tools even without our knowledge. In December of 2019, the National Institute of Standards and Technology released a landmark report demonstrating the inherent bias in these systems that can even exhibit themselves without any malcontent or even knowledge of their creators. The researchers evaluated 189 different algorithms used in facial recognition technology from across the industry and found some very disturbing trends the team saw higher rates of false positives for Asian and African-American faces relative to that of Caucasians, especially those of African-American females. These false positives also extended to other Native groups in the United States, such as Native Americans, Alaska Indians, and Pacific Islanders. Misidentifying a photo of you on Facebook or maybe even your phone's photo app is in reality a fairly innocuous facial recognition error that while annoying or maybe even offensive doesn't actually endanger a human life. But giving a false positive or misidentifying an individual and often a volatile policing situation can be deadly, especially for those people of color. Every technology, especially those driven by advanced artificial intelligence systems, will inherently have flaws, bugs, and even biases baked right into the tools because they're created by imperfect, infallible human beings. Often in a rush to pursue and deploy these technologies, we fail to slow down and comprehend how these technologies may serve an alternate purpose from what we originally intended. This tendency to rush headlong into innovation without adequate ethical reflection and thoroughness is something that thankfully is being recognized by computer scientists, corporate CEOs, and religious leaders alike. As we seek to reflect on the ethical contours of these technologies, we often fail to address the major issues at stake This uniqueness and value of every human life is created in God's image as we read about in Genesis 1, 26-28. This uniqueness and value reminds us that no human life is more valuable than another, and that no life is expendable. This dignity bestowed on us by our Creator must drive how we use these technologies in this age of AI, because real human lives are at stake. If you want to read more about facial recognition technology, you can check out the show notes for a few different pieces that I've written on facial recognition. Also, I'd encourage you to check out the Evangelical Statement of Principles on Artificial Intelligence that the ERLC released last spring. In this document signed by over 80 evangelical leaders from across the nation, we address a lot of the pressing and moral issues at stake with the rise of artificial intelligence and technologies such as facial recognition. You can find that statement at erlc.com slash AI or grab the link in the show notes. And now for the rundown, four to five different technology stories for you to be aware of as you prepare for the week ahead. First up is a story from The Verge, where IBM will no longer offer, develop, or research facial recognition technology. Facial recognition software has greatly improved over the last decade thanks in large part to artificial intelligence. At the same time, the technology has been shown to suffer from certain biases and discriminations along the lines of age, race, and ethnicity, which can make the tools unreliable for law enforcement and security applications. IBM has tried to help with the issues of bias in facial recognition, releasing in 2018 a public data set to help reduce the bias as part of a training data program for facial recognition models. Now, IBM has publicly decided that they will no longer offer general-purpose facial recognition tools or analysis software, and even more, the company will no longer even research or develop this technology. This is at a time where we see major racial injustices taking place in our society, along with greater calls to use this technology in our community for safety and security purposes. Next up, there's a new app on the scene called Zen, which actually pays users for both what they watch and when they refer others to install this video sharing app. It's quickly topped the app stores, free app charts in just weeks after debuting in May. Zen is seen as a major rival to the viral TikTok app that we talked about last week on Weekly Tech. Zen, like TikTok, has major ties to the Chinese government and is owned by its primary rival to TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. Last week, Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican of Missouri, pressed the Federal Trade Commission to investigate Zen's business practices and its ties to China. Hawley, along with many other members of Congress, have made calls in the past to investigate Zen's rival TikTok as well. Next is a story from Wired, where schools are actually turning to surveillance technology to prevent the COVID-19 spread. When students return to school in New Albany, Ohio this August, they'll be carefully watched on school campuses and not only by their teachers. The school district, with five schools and over 4,800 students, plans to test a new system that will require each student to wear an electronic beacon to track their location to within just a few feet. This type of technology logs when students and teachers are in the classroom and throughout the day. The hope is that this technology could prevent or minimize an outbreak of COVID-19 by allowing officials to use this data to protect students and faculty alike. This story breaks as there's been a lot of calls for personal privacy in America, but also the balance of how to protect people from the COVID-19 virus. The last story this week comes from Bloomberg Law, where TikTok plans a new D.C. office admits lawmakers' pressure on privacy. The Chinese company ByteDance, along with its app TikTok, is opening a new office in Washington, D.C. later this year to share information about security practices as lawmakers question its protection of children's privacy and its ties to China. This new office will be staffed of many Hill veterans as TikTok seeks to shore up its standing with U.S. officials and address many of the major concerns about their relationship with China. The company said last Tuesday that it plans on hiring an additional 100 workers, for security, data, and privacy protection by the end of the year, and it seeks to create a centralized global function based in the United States. Well, that's it for this week. I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. And help us spread the word about Weekly Tech by sharing these episodes with friends and colleagues. As a reminder, you can always find the show notes as well as the email newsletter version of this podcast at jasonthacker.com podcast. Hope you have a great week.